Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. For those who are listening for the first time, I'm JD, and my blog is at sexwithinmarriage.com, where I blog about married sexuality from a Christian perspective. I'm also a Christian marriage coach, and you can check out my practice at anonymousmarriagecoaching.com. Today, we're going to talk about how to train your spouse. And some people might get offended at that terminology, but in all human relationships, we teach others how to interact with us. Uh, We sort of train them how to respond to us. Sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's not, but often we don't think about it. And then we're surprised at the results of our training. We're surprised at how they respond to us when we do things. My wife and I, we trained each other horribly in our first few years of marriage, and it's taken us years to undo all that bad training, and we're still working to undo some of it. But you can't start unless you understand what's going on. So I thought we'd take a bit of time today and just talk about this whole uh, concept of training your spouse and what all goes into that. So as I said, we we all train other people, whether we mean to or not. And training is done through negative or positive reinforcement. And sometimes even doing nothing can be seen as positive or negative, depending on the context. Chemically, in the brain, this is all centered around a hormone called dopamine. And dopamine is considered the reward hormone in the brain. Uh, When you do something fun, or you do something cool, or you do something for the first time and succeed at it, Anytime you succeed at anything, really, when someone else uh, tells you they appreciate you, when you know you win a trophy, an award, uh, anything like this, we get uh, these bursts of dopamine. And the more, the bigger, the newer, the more exciting uh, the thing is, the bigger the the dose of dopamine usually is. And dopamine is a very, very uh, addictive hormone. It's intended to be that way. I think God did this on purpose. It's what tells us, hey, this is good and this is not so good. Uh, But it can be used in good ways and it can be used in not so good ways. For example, you get a huge burst of dopamine uh, whenever you have sex, especially when you have an orgasm. Now, in marriage, this is a good thing because then your brain is responding and saying, hey, sex with my spouse is a good thing. I want to do this more often. And it actually cements your relationship. But it's not just during sex that we get dopamine bursts. Uh, like I said, any time that you feel like you've done something good, and those triggers can be different for different people. Uh, but you get these this dopamine bur- burst, which uh, kind of solidifies a neural pathway in your brain. It says, hey, this is a really good route to take. You should do this action, this behavior, think this thing, whatever, more often. But if you don't get it, then your brain sees that maybe this isn't such a good thing. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this so often. Uh, And that happens when you have uh, negative reinforcement, as they say. For example, if every time you have a conversation with your spouse, um, you get angry or you start criticizing them or uh, the discussion turns into a fight, you're not going to get that dopamine rush. You're not going to get that reward hormone. And instead, your brain goes, this is not a good thing. This is Every time I engage in a conversation with my spouse, I get hurt, or I feel hurt, or they feel hurt. Something bad happens, and I don't feel good. So if you're constantly fighting with your spouse every time you have a conversation, eventually you teach your spouse that they shouldn't talk to you because it doesn't make them feel good. 
and their brain will actually start to avoid conversations with you on purpose, um, just so that it doesn't feel that way again. And it's not always a conscious decision. I mean, these, these hormones, these chemicals, they work on a subconscious level. So there are many spouses out there who they, they avoid their spouse and they don't even realize why. Another example that I see is, uh, every time a spouse does something, let's say, uh, he loads up the dishwasher. Uh, if, if every time he loads up the dishwasher, the, his wife says, Oh, you know, you're not supposed to put those there. Or why did you do that? Or why can't you remember to, to do this right? You know, eventually he's going to learn that, you know, loading the dishwasher causes pain. It makes me feel disrespected or it makes me feel unappreciated. So I'm not going to load up the dishwasher anymore because it, it just makes me feel bad. You know, and, because of my blog and because I talk about sex and marriage so much, um, the one I hear the most is is how people respond to being rejected when they initiate sex. You know, if if your spouse re- initiates sex and you roll your eyes at them or you sigh or you say no or you know anything that makes them feel like they're making a request that's ridiculous or is too much or you're just too much of a burden to them or something like that, that you just, you're not interested. What you're telling them is that you're not interested in spending time with them. And their brain takes this and goes, okay, every time that I seek a sexual connection with my spouse, I feel hurt. And eventually, after a while, and I, I talk to so many spouses where this has happened and they don't realize what, exactly what's going on, um, they lose their attraction for their spouse. They've been rejected so many times that their brain says, every time I initiate sex, I feel hurt. This is a bad thing. I'm not going to do this again. And so your brain will actually rewire itself to say, I don't want to be attracted to this person anymore because it gets me hurt. And that's a terrible situation to be in when a spouse says, I've been initiated, I've been rejected so many times, I no longer found my spouse attractive, regardless of what they look like or how they act the rest of the time. And sometimes it's not that strong. It doesn't even need to be like uh, you have to do something or say anything. Sometimes not saying something can have the same effect. Like, for example, if if your spouse always uh, maybe buys flowers for you or something like that, and you just ignore them and you leave them on the table or you put them in a vase, but you don't uh, you never acknowledge them, you never say thank you, eventually they're just going to say, oh, well, they don't really appreciate it, I'm going to stop buying flowers. And this uh, happens a lot. I've heard uh, from many couples uh, where one spouse says, hey, you used to do this all the time, why don't you do it anymore? And and the response is, well, I didn't even know you liked it, or you, I didn't even know you noticed that I did it. In that way, sometimes doing nothing can be a negative reinforcement. Uh, you're train your spouse to say, hey, don't do this anymore because it's not worth the effort. So what can we do? We, we can turn this around. Uh, you know, In the same way, we can use this dopamine uh, to train our spouses in good ways, to interact with us in ways that are more meaningful. If you are in the habit of thanking your spouse for doing anything that you appreciate, you know, you're just going to reinforce this idea in their brain that, hey, when I do this thing, I feel better. And that's not really tricking them. You're actually changing how their brain works. You actually create new neural pathways or strengthen existing ones to say, hey, 
you took out the garbage and I appreciate you for that. Eventually they will look forward to taking out the garbage, believe it or not. Uh, or at least they won't feel so bad about doing it because <laughs> it's not always a fun job, especially right now it's the middle of winter and uh, it is cold outside. And it doesn't have to be that uh, specific, you know, just uh, engaging with them when they try to engage with you, uh, whether it be a conversation or if they're initiating sex, um, not rolling your eyes, but actually appearing interested and actually being involved is a huge difference because instead of being told every time that they initiate sex that, oh, they're not, it's not worth doing that with you or I'm not interested in being connected to you in that way. Instead, they're, they're getting this dopamine rush that tells them, Hey, approaching my spouse is a good thing. Being connected to my spouse is a good thing. They start to associate you with a good thing. Something that makes them feel uh, rewarded and, and fantastic. And, you know, sometimes you do need to give negative feedback. And I like saying negative feedback instead of criticism because criticism is a very kind of demeaning thing. When you're criticizing something, it, it has this implication that, you know, they've done something wrong. Uh, whereas, uh, feedback is different. Feedback just says, Hey, you did it this way. It could be better. And the, that kind of comes through in your voice as well. If you are criticizing them, it often comes with a very critical voice, uh, which sometimes many people don't realize they're saying, but to their spouse, it sounds like you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. Why don't you listen to me? And that makes them feel more like a child than an equal. Whereas offering feedback is different. It's uh, equals offer feedback to the, to each other. They say, hey, this is the way you did it, but I found this better way to do it that you may want to consider. Or I would really appreciate it if you would do it this other way. Anyone who has some humility, I think, will accept feedback. But it's always good to buffer kind of negative feedback with positive feedback. So if it's dishes, uh, you can say something like, you know, dear, I love that you filled up the dishwasher. However... I would really appreciate it if you put these kinds of dishes over on the, this rack because I find they get cleaned better. And so that way you, you're starting off with a positive. And they always say, you know, sandwich a negative with two positives. So start with a positive, then throw in your negative feedback and then end with a positive again. So in that way you can, you can learn to kind of train each other in, in good ways instead of in negative ways. Because like I said, we're all going to train each other. We all teach our spouses how to interact with us and they teach us how to interact with them. And if you're not aware of what you're doing, uh, a lot of the times you end up doing damage that you're, you don't even know that you're doing. Um, for example, I've, I've talked to spouses who say, you know, I wish my spouse would do this in bed or, uh, I wish they'd initiate this way. And then when they, their spouse finally does it and it's not perfect. They don't say, Oh, thank you so much for trying. You know, I really appreciated that. Hey, next time, could you try this? Uh, I think it might go even better. Uh, they, they instead get upset and think and say something like, Oh, that's not what I wanted or this is not what I imagined or, uh, it, they get critical. And so their spouse 
So their spouse, of course, their brain goes, oh, well, if I do this again, I'm going to be hurt. Uh, it doesn't get the intended response. There's no reward hormone in their brain to tell them, hey, this was a good thing. And so the next time that they're thinking, hey, maybe I want to try this again, their brain goes, no, you don't want to do that. You are going to get hurt if you do that. So I get countless emails uh, from people saying, hey, we did this thing once and then they never did it again. And uh, my question to them is always, all right, how did you respond to it the first time? And nine times out of the 10, they said, well, it was good, but I, I told them how we could make it better. I'm like, yeah, but how did you tell them? And after going through it, they they look back and they, well, wow, I really messed that up. <laughs> I kind of did it to myself. And so they trained their spouse uh, not to do the thing they wanted them to do. And we do that so often in our marriages and we don't realize it's happening. So some tips uh, for kind of how to use this reward system uh, in a positive way. Uh, the first is always explain yourself uh, as an equal to your spouse. You know, if you want them to do something, tell them why you want them to do it and how you want them to do it. And not as a, as a kid where you say, hey, do this and this way, uh, but rather as an equal to say, hey, I would prefer it if you would do it this way, and this is why I'd prefer it. And does that make sense to you? And can we try that? You know, and it, second is if your spouse makes an attempt towards something that you want, um, even if they don't hit it exactly, reward them. And for different people, that reward may look like different things. And in different situations, the reward might be di completely different. Um, for most men, sex is an amazing reward. Um, because it has a built-in huge dopamine boost, as well as a nice oxytocin boost, which makes them feel more emotionally connected to their wives as well. Uh, but that dopamine boost, I mean, that is like hardwiring their brain almost. And just lastly, just remember, if you tell them uh, that they've done something and it wasn't good enough, just be aware they may never do it again. And you will have no one to blame but yourself. So that's all I have to say today on uh, training your spouse and how, how to use that to a benefit instead of a, to your detriment. Uh, I just want to mention that we have a giveaway going on right now. We are giving away a $200 Lilo Ida, uh, which is a toy for you to use in your marriage bed. Uh, if you want to check it out, you can check the show notes for this episode, which are at sexwithinmarriage.com slash SWM011. We're also giving away a copy of the book, 25 Questions You're Afraid to Ask About Love, Sex, and Intimacy by Dr. Julie Slattery. So don't forget to fill out our survey for your chance to win. Uh, you can find the link to the survey again in the show notes, uh, or you can just look for it on the website. I'm sure you'll find it. And that's all for now. We'll talk to you next week.